0: it's it's exciting to be here with you today Uh, my name is Augusto I'm a business strategist an entrepreneur a globetrotter since I've lived in many different places around the world a privilege and uh, someone who's passionate about entrepreneurship and helping others grow since I've experienced in my own life the power that others have had in
1: my own little journey hi hi I'm Spiros from Growth Mentor, and we are going to have a very interesting discussion about uh, entrepreneurship and all the transitions that Augusto has had in his career. So the first thing that uh, I would like to ask you is, can you share more about all these transitions that you have made? You have worked for startups, you have started your own, you have been in the corporate world, you have worked for governmental uh, agencies, as far as I understand. So how how uh, all this relate like what what are the differences in terms of culture and what have you learned through this exciting journey
0: yeah you know when people talk about serial entrepreneurs um i i think that that is a very true concept right now what is interesting is that serial entrepreneurship does not necessarily mean that you're setting up a new startup every year or every two years or every five years whatever it is uh i i genuinely believe there's there are multiple ways that you are an entrepreneur not just when you're setting up a business but also in terms of how you handle your life and what you want to accomplish so since i was very young i always had this incredible urge to go and see the world and i, I and the place where i grew up uh, which was in colombia was not exciting enough for me i i saw there was a, a lot to be seen out there and i thought and i think that that a feeling very early on in my life pushed me to go to different places to the states first then to barcelona then to the middle east now i'm living in scandinavia and what i what i recognize that is is something important in any entrepreneurship uh, initiative is to act upon those dreams right do you if you identify a pain and you develop a solution to try and and solve it through your product or through your service Uh, you're applying the logic that you also use when you say, I would like to go to this other place and work in this specific industry or uh, understand how things happen in that particular culture, for example, right? So I think this appetite and this curiosity that is common among entrepreneurs is what has made me uh, be curious about working in different setups, in different cultures. And I think that in every experience, I have learned something new that has now made me, for example, go back to being an an entrepreneur in the sense of setting up a new startup with all this baggage of of information.
1: I I totally understand that. You actually gave an answer to my internal thought of how I introduced myself after joining Growth Mentor full-time. So I used to be a founder and I joined Growth Mentor. I have a role in this super team here But when I was introducing myself to other people, I had this urge to say, you know, I'm kind of not an entrepreneur, but like still I have the founder's mindset and I apply this mindset to my current role. But I I wasn't feeling comfortable saying, you know, I'm an entrepreneur because I don't own the business. And as a result, you just gave an answer to this internal uh, thought that I had. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your thoughts.
0: No, I love that because in fact, there is a myth around entrepreneurship that for you to be an entrepreneur, you need to have your own business. And I think that is completely misleading. You can be an entrepreneur, for example, within a corporation, right? And and there's actual, actually there's a technical term for that and it's um, entrepreneur. And there's a whole bunch of literature, academic literature around the phenomenon of of entrepreneurship, right? And then again, you are an entrepreneur. when you act upon your dreams, for example, of moving out to a country where you are completely uh have no connection with this part of the world. But I acknowledged, and after a bit of research and, and whatnot, th- acknowledged that there was a huge opportunity here for new innovative projects and also for sustainability-related projects. And so as a family, we decided that this could be an interesting place to explore. So that specific decision and that action and that adventure is per se an entrepreneurial action because we had to you know, assess the situation, propose a plan to make it happen, you know, align our resources to, to get there because of course we didn't have a job, we didn't have connections. So we had to make a, a plan to cater for that and to start from zero, right? So how is that not very similar to I feel I, I've done both and I can tell you they are.
1: So I would like to change the topic for to, to another direction. So I have been recently in, been inspired by your activity in LinkedIn. So I understand that LinkedIn nowadays is a huge channel for various uh, reasons and different purposes for different people. So ca- can you tell me something I don't know about LinkedIn?
0: Well, I think <laughs> it's not necessarily a secret, but it's something that is clearly underestimated which is the importance of your tribe, of your community. So there's a first level uh, of, of people who use LinkedIn just as, um, as, a, as a resource and they just go and check information or connect with some people just because they met at a meeting in some, uh, uh, in some business context or whatnot, which is like the very basic use uh, of, of LinkedIn, right? Then there's a more sophisticated use, which is the people who are creating, which again, is rare right now it's estimated that maybe one or two percent of users in linkedin are actually publishing and i am one of those and, you, and i think you too so that that is already using this this tool in a way that the majority doesn't really uh use right like post and create your content so that people can understand what is your position uh, in regards to whatever your specialty is right so that already is is a secret in a way right but within the ones who post then there's a further secret which is are you building an audience or are you building a community? Because sometimes I feel that people here are talking about, okay, post for your audience. Like what, what are you, uh, an influencer or what, what are you, what, what is your expectation? In my case, I am not. Like I am not trying to build an audience. I am making or aiming to make authentic connections. And by that, I mean that for me, the post is important. Yes, so like what I, what I create as content, But what is more important is what I receive as feedback, the conversations that happen on the comments, how I get to meet the people that are interacting with that. You cannot imagine in the last 90 days, because I started this journey actually very recently, the amount of interesting people that I've connected with thanks to this, right? One of the co-founders of my current uh, project has come out of this. I have helped people land new jobs because of that. We are starting uh, other mentorship initiatives with a bunch of people that I didn't know that are based in the States, just thanks to this incredible opportunity. So my recommendation here is do not think uh, of people here as your uh, audience or your followers. Think of them as your potential connections, friends, clients. And when you realize that, your relation and your way of interacting with them uh, gets transformed immediately.
1: I actually really like what you say. It's highly related to what Kate, our uh, the mentor that we interviewed in the last episode said. In the beginning, actually in the first two minutes, she mentioned like social media are about being social. So it's a similar idea to what uh, you describe. And the story about uh, your co-founder is re- really inspiring. My next question would be and a story that has come out of that. And this is, I think, the best example. Like You found your co-founder uh, through uh, the, of the authenticity of what you have been doing on, on LinkedIn. And actually, I, I got inspired by that. I mentioned you... I mentioned that to you like a few days before, that like the way you share content and your activity is quite inspiring for me. You are one of the few people that I really follow on LinkedIn.
0: Thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> just before we started, I, I posted like just now, uh, one minute before we started our call, uh, a little one about about this. So, so is that entrepreneurial mindset that we were talking about. Um, and it's a little picture of me when I was two years old. Um, know in a in a in an astronaut the this guy is a costume and and it's that reflection right it's something personal but it's about thinking how we act upon our dreams how we are entrepreneurs in every or we can be entrepreneurs in every opportunity as we were discussing before right um so it's a great tool to share that business mindset but sometimes also with a bit of a personal uh, tone, so I appreciate you see that because it's a it's it's a genuine way way for for me to to connect with people that might
1: relate with that feeling. Great, Th- thanks, thanks for your uh, kind uh, kind words. So I would like to uh, move to the next uh, question that I have, which is highly related with what we were just talking about and your background uh, in storytelling you You have been a filmmaker in the past. And also you have worked in uh, as I, as far as I understood from your profiles that I was uh, browsing earlier, you have been related to the press or press releases in a way. So my, my my question here is, so what can do, what can startups do related to what we call traditionally a press release in the sense that startups want attention. They use social media and I think Startups are pretty disoriented on how they use social media, they might have a blog, but what can they really do to get attention out of their efforts, and I think your experiences in various roles are highly relevant to this uh, concept.
0: Yeah, I could say a number of things regarding that. Uh, The first one is... See, I one of the topics that I also post about frequently is about the importance of human relations, yeah? And the fact that people buy from people, right? Like sometimes such an obvious statement is clearly forgotten in the business um, arena and, and sometimes in the startups, especially in tech startups, we get so obsessed about the functionality of our product, right, the, need, the innovation that it brings or, the, the, the features that we've developed through long, uh, jer- a long journey of efforts, that we forget what that solution is solving for who. So <clears throat> if you manage to articulate in your story, that necessity, if you connect with the pains that inspired developing such a technology, and you, com- you communicate that, because again, that is a way to connect it's a principle of empathy and sometimes in business we forget that right like everything becomes very numeric very like quickly you know we're we're focusing on kpis and on slas and we're talking about revenue targets and how we're missing that and profit margin and and those are indicators that at the end of the day are just um you know uh, they are just um how do you say that they are just portraying what is what is happening with people, people that are buying, that are buying in a certain way at a certain price, right? In a certain speed or frequency. And so if we go back to those foundations to understand that we need to influence people if we want them to act upon our service, then how do we connect with people, right? And that is a very basic principle. So, and that is where the importance of storytelling comes in. Because when you tell a story, for example, from the founder or the founding team, that is relatable for people, that, that people can really, uh, let's say, understand where this is coming from, how this wants to, to be a better, I don't know, contribution for, for the world, or, or how this is solving a specific issue of a community, then that community or the people that are potentially interested in there will connect with that from a values perspective, not a transactional perspective. Sometimes we really emphasize the tactical aspects, the technical aspects of our products, but we forget the intangible and the relational and the the human side of things. So whenever any company has the opportunity to highlight those elements from their team, from their founding uh, community, from their clients, from their employees, right? Because at the end, if you think about what a startup is or what a business is, it's just it's a bunch of people working towards a common goal. So how can we incorporate all of that as part of our journey? How are we being transparent and uh, about all of that? For example, in social media, people love stories. Are we telling stories? Or are we just talking about you know, how quick the, the, this is just because we like it to be quick? Is it important for our clients that this is quick? right i think that 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 always having in mind that that mindset where we want to listen first give to others before maybe pushing our uh, you know speech or taking from others i think that re- that really um changes completely the outcome of those
1: communication uh, strategies i really i really like how customer oriented uh, your perception is and putting the customer experience first or giving value and showing empathy is a priority in your way of thinking i would like to move the needle towards because earlier i asked you about what can startups or companies do when they are client facing they are at the places they are meeting their customers and but i would like to move that towards customer success because and um, I, I know that you uh, have um, uh, been active in the customer success uh, sector uh, in the past. So I would like to link these thoughts with how have you managed to uh, support your customers uh, in the past and what, what were your elements of success? Were, were more uh, details part of this recipe or uh, the same principles that you just described? Uh, were are those that were applied in customer success roles or activities as well?
0: Yeah, I think, I think you can apply the, those principles uh, too because a, a key aspect for me in customer success is related to, to relationships, yeah? So how, how do you build relationships that are beneficial for both parties on a long-term? Sometimes we, we focus too much on the short-term results. All of us want personally and companies, right we want results fast right and there's a the, there's an obsession i feel in general in our lives and our current civilization let's say or moment of our history for things to to give results fast and the truth is that some things take time right like we cannot we need the seasons to 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 mature i don't know <laughs> the food um and And sometimes that's true. And I would say most times, actually, that is true also for relations. So how do you develop those relations? What what type of initiatives do you design to make sure that, for example, number one, you understand your customer and their needs to an extent that would allow you to be proactive. In some cases, it's possible. Uh, anticipating the needs of of that customer and thinking of ways that in which your solution can help them achieve something that they are not even thinking about. You know how many times I worked in an agency and you know how many times we pitched for business that we were not briefed on (laughs) just because we knew the client. And we would use that knowledge in, in both like in, the, in their benefit and in our benefit right we were not waiting for business just to come in we would know what were the strategies right in marketing wise for example and we would develop initiatives that 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 would become a must-have for them before even they knew it and the amount of business that we closed in that way was remarkable uh, because once somebody opens the door and becomes your client you, you know right? You know what they care about. You start to know their strategy, their people, who is the decision maker, what they like, when, how they make decisions, who, who, who is the person in charge of the financial sort of uh, strategy and how, you know, the different stakeholders that you need to tackle. And if you just understand all of that, which again, mm, takes me to understand your customer, understand the people behind it, right? Then you have a lot of levers in your hand, to try and build a longer relation and a better relation, new business and new opportunities. I think that what matters here is let's not just be reactive. How can we create proactive business? How can we become somebody's partner and not just provider, right? And that entails a level of effort, a level of sophistication. Oh yes, but that is what successful companies do.
1: Actually, I think that if companies follow their, their customers pain points and their needs, they are um, hardwired to uh, succeed and what you describe is a, a really a little more complex than that, but I think that's how companies should be pursuing success nowadays.
0: Yeah, I agree. I know there are levels to this, right? Like, again, there are certain services where probably this is not possible. It's highly standardized. But still, I think that what is important is when it comes to the time of that you don't act on things, for example, only when the, reno- the, the renewal time comes for a subscription. right? Because then it feels like you're interested in me only as a client when I need to renew my contract with you. And that cannot be the case. If somebody's already paying for you, you need to have checkpoints. You need to understand what's happening throughout that relation. Maybe, maybe there's an opportunity to upgrade. There's an opportunity to have a, a, more, a more comprehensive uh, relation. So I, of course this needs to be adapted to the, the specific sector. But what I'm talking about is a general mindset where we understand that we need to mo- move from transactions to relations
1: totally understood totally understood like build a real relationship there so uh i know we don't have uh, too much time i want to make uh, one question one uh, more question and two short ones Uh, so uh, i know that you have uh, experiences you have had experiences with interviews uh, in the past uh what is can you tell me something that we don't know about uh interviews I have been interviewing people not in terms of a podcast but like for blog posts etc but like can you tell me something that I don't know about interviews
0: um again I don't know if it's something that we don't know we might have heard about this a lot kind of what we were saying about when we were talking about LinkedIn but I'm not sure that it's actually taking place as much so see I feel that many times candidates prepare their interviews um, focusing on their own persona, right? And that is, that is absolutely necessary because in some cases people do not prepare even that, and that is really bad. <laughs> you, need to, you need to prepare, right? That is the major statement here. You need to prepare for an interview. And what does that mean though? It means for me two things. So one is to understand how your own experience relates to, for example, the job description, right? And, and make a proper assessment so that I can connect specific elements of my journey to the needs that are spelled out, right? Like when a company is sharing a job description, they are telling you what you're going to do and what they're expecting. So you have your cheat sheet there and how can you prepare enough before to ensure that you will bring in the interview elements that, that relate to specific elements that are outlined there, right? It's an, an analytical job where you get to see what they're looking for and you compare that against your experience and you create a new output where you connect those two and you're weaving that story because that is the story again back to storytelling and that is the first level of preparation that i've seen that happens in some cases not in all of them some people they just come like a bit more you know enthusiastic about their own journey and they haven't done enough connection between those two but again that happens I would say, half, half, half of the times. But then there's a, a, another, again, more sophisticated, if you want, level, which is, in my opinion, uh, a game changer. And it is to do a, a similar level of preparation in terms of the, the company. Can you take enough time to understand what is the strategy of that company? It is spelled out sometimes in so many places, right? Social media, there. Um, websites, news, whatever. But then also the LinkedIn profile of the person that is going to interview you as an example, right? Or any other material that you can access because again, it depends on different sectors. You have reports, you have different things so that you understand the exact moment at which the company is. And that you again, connect that with both the job description and your experience. Because then when you bring that up, in the conversation it will show that you are there not just to speak about yourself and about their role but also about the company that is going to potentially hire you and how th- their values matter to you their strategy is something that you're passionate about or where you have had experience right so again it's about understanding the other you see there's a common theme in this conversation where. I'm trying to insist on the fact that we need to not just think about our own little things and worries, but about understanding the others. Because if you want to land a job, what you want to show is how your value connects to their strategy, their journey, their needs, their job description. So whatever you can do to prepare for that and that you can bring that up and surface it, during the conversation, trust me, it's, it's, a, it's a game changer too, because then people will see in a matter of an hour, not only that you are well-prepared and well-informed, but that there is a genuine connection because of, a multiple, uh, because of multiple factors, not just your technical abilities, but also, again, your values or your interests here and there. And if you can weave that
1: story through preparation, you're going to succeed in the interview. I was sure that uh, the interview topic would link back to what we were discussing earlier. That's why I brought that into the conversation. So last thing before I let you go, what's uh, your favorite tool nowadays and what book has changed your life? What tool? Sorry, what tool? So what tool uh, is your favorite one nowadays? Uh, And what book has changed your life, if any?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, yes, right now I'm enjoying a lot uh, Notion. I am using it for LinkedIn on a daily basis. Uh, that's where I draft and organize all my content. And I, I love it. I, I am a hardcore user. Uh, that's probably the, the, the tool that I'm using the most right now. And uh, a book that recently changed my life is called The Donut Economics. Um, and uh, it is it is what is uh, helping me develop the foundation of this new startup around sustainability content, because the Donut Economics propose an, an excellent way to understand how economy, societies, and environments, the three elements, uh, work together within our planetary boundaries to create a society that can thrive. So it's, it's absolutely fascinating. And it has changed it to a, to a point that it is being the foundation as a concept, right? Uh, for uh, the new startup that i'm working on
1: thank you very much for sharing all this information and all your insights with us uh, today augusto uh, i hope that everyone will enjoy the episode once again as much as i did and thank you very much for contributing to the growth mentor community
0: thank you it was amazing thanks a lot spiros <laughs>